Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show we get comics, pop culture, and sports. And get ready for a little pop culture talk as uh, we are finally getting to our The Batman review. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pearson. Joining me today is Kevin Miller. How are you, Kev? Hey, not too bad. How are you? All right. Great to have you with us. Uh, from this point on, spoiler alert if you have not seen it, although judging by the box office numbers, you have... Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Matt Reeves's The Batman, the 2022 version of The Batman that has uh, just come out a couple of weeks ago. Now, first thing you need to know, or you probably already know if you've been a long time, but if you're a new listener, and you should always treat a podcast like it's someone first, much like a comic book, but uh, or much like Stan Lee used to say about comic books. Uh, we are Batman fanatics, you and I, Kevin. Uh, big, fan. big fans. We like. Uh, I know Soups is more your boy on the on the hierarchy as far as the DC guys go, and Batman's more if my speed. Pick, yeah. But but yeah, if you got to pick, but like you're but like you know you're right there neck and neck with me, and just in terms of being just uh, Batman, just absolute fanatic. I celebrate his whole catalog. Yeah, his whole the man's whole catalog, uh, and and it's. It, this one, going into this one, I'll say I was I was somewhat worried. I was avoiding every. It's it's hard not to be skeptical. <laughs> every single trip. Now I didn't think it was going to be a, a complete piece of garbage, much like I believe the Zack Snyder verse to be the the the, the Justice League oh. Snyder's, which you know they have their fun moments here and there, but mostly it's like. His take on the gun toting, running people over with a car, shooting people, Batman, uh, was the last cinematic version of Batman I got. And while I thought Ben Affleck was kind of cool look in in the in the the gray vests and stuff, I thought he had a good Bruce Wayne look, and he put in the work uh, actually, to get. Actually, yeah, that's that's the like the 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 shining star for mm-hmm. those. To me, is I think Ben Affleck was a good Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought he, I thought he was good. It's just and and he wasn't bad when he was in the suit, especially when in the actual Superman versus Batman fight, which is like mm-hmm. you know one of the best parts of that movie, except for uh, uh, you know the, the way it ended. <laughs> I'm not sure we'll get to the we'll get to the way that ended because I, I I have a take uh, on that vis a vis some of the stuff in this movie, uh, but um. Batman has been in our lives cinematically now for 33 years at this point. 1989, he he swung in. Michael Keaton came in in what was a at the time complete box office bonanza. Just started printing money. Yep. One of the original original blockbuster hits where studios kind of went, we can make how much money <laughs> on like summer releases? <laughs> like like what? what? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like like. 1999 Batman's one of the original kind of purveyors of that. Not not the OG, but certainly one of the originals. Sure. And you know, we we've gone through some ups and downs over the years. We've had you know Val, Val Kilmer was was kind of of a fun Bruce Wayne, but uh, you know, and and like <laughs> Keaton was great. Kilmer was whatever. Clooney bad, but not his fault really. Just a horrible script. And then we had. Uh, Christian Bale for three flicks. Uh, people really like the first one. They love the second one. The third one is divisive. I'm a fan of the third one, but I fully recognize the the uh, truck sized plot holes that exist within that one. It's silly. Uh, yeah, uh, but ultimately, I think the good outweighs the bad in The Dark Knight Rises. But we get all the way here to Robert Pattinson, who I believe is the seventh person to play Batman in a cinematic movie. 
think I. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think it's seven because like I I count I I. Well, I count Adam West. I I absolutely yeah. count Adam West and the and the '66 Batman. Um, that movie did get released in theaters, so he is a cinematic. <laughs> he is a cinematic Batman, technically. Yep, I counted them. Yep. <sighs> so. That said, spoiler alert. Tell people how you feel, Matt. So why don't you get us? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Where, where do you have? I, I would say coming out of this one, people have felt very. The, the internet buzz on this one is very strong. It was a little wonky on on the route up because obviously COVID delayed this film, and then there was some talk of weird production stuff, and and yeah. it, it wasn't people getting. It wasn't like people not getting along. It was a little bit fighting with the. The uh, it was a little bit fighting with kind of the Warner Brothers execs because the Warner Brothers execs are like, uh, do we tie this into you know like Marvel's got their thing going on? Do we tie what's going on in here into uh, what we've already kind of started? Even though what we've uh, kind of started has been ridiculously hit or miss so far, mostly miss, couple of hits. Yeah. Um, and Matt Reeves is kind of like, I I don't know, man, just kind of let me do my thing a little bit and and all and it's so there were some trepidations there back in like 1999 before the, the 1999, sorry, 2019. I knew it ended. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it ended in a nine, uh, but you know, in 2019 before the world collapsed, uh, that, you know, it was a bit sketchy. And I, I coming into this, it, it was just, you know, and I've been avoiding trailers because, as I said last time, you and I hooked up on a pod. I think I'm 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 absolutely out on on comic book movie trailers based on the fact that based on what they did to me with that that second with that Doctor Strange Super Bowl promo, yep. and I I just didn't want anything spoiled for me for this movie. That said, I went into this one and it sparked a lot of people on social media, Twitter specifically, a lot of Instagram posts of people hammering out. Uh, their Batman uh, top, you know, they're they're the ranking all of the the cinematic Batman movies that have been coming out and whatnot. And I'm, what about you? Where do you have this one ranked on your all time cinematic Batman movies, Kevin? Because I have it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, on on the list of Batman, and we can get into to, to ranking the various whatevers and talking about the actual movie. But coming out of this one, where did you have uh, Matt Reeves's The Batman? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I I very much like this movie. Uh, I mm. think that I almost need to see it again um, because there's a lot that I feel like I missed because of a uh, what sounded like quiet audio generally coming through. Um, then you know a couple bathroom breaks because it is a stunning three hour movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if I like it better than the overall Nolan trilogy uh, quite yet, but I know that there's a lot of potential here, and I'm very much looking forward to a sequel based on what they've delivered so far. Um, and I know one of the big things for me, and we've discussed this before uh, on the show and uh, in person, because like you said, we're both like, you know, die in the wall Batman fans. Um, this was a detective story, and that was a lot yes. of fun. It wasn't, you know, um, you know, Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne, you know, suiting up with all of his uh, buddies and grabbing an alien blaster and shooting dudes from space. Like, you know, <laughs> there, there's a time and a place for those movies. And, you know, I like a lot of stuff that happens in the MCU. And that's kind of what it boils down to a lot of the time. But this was very down to earth. Uh, it was very, you know, uh, boots on the pavement. 
Uh, there was some wacky gadget shit, but it all seemed very grounded. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed this Batman movie. <laughs> I, I have it on my Mount Rushmore. I think I have it ranked number two behind the Dark Knight. Yep. And to me, it has a chance to supersede the Dark Knight. Uh, that's, that's about where I have it now. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot that I am... Uh, a lot of credit that I can give the Nolan trilogy now um, based on the fact that it's all happened, it's done. You, you can see the whole arc of it at this point. Um, whereas I know that there's, like, you know, based on the box office that you were quoting before the show, yeah. you know, there's, there's going to be sequels to this. Yeah, um, we're, we're definitely getting a sequel. This is, it's currently grossed 600 million. That's just domestically. So it's probably closer to 800 million worldwide. So it's, it, it's not going to have enough juice to crack the, the billion that, that, uh, the billion barrier. But I mean, yeah, they, they, we're definitely getting a see, we're getting a sequel to this movie for sure. Yeah. And based on what I've seen and, and, you know, it, it wasn't a, a perfect film by any means, but, uh, you know, based on what I've seen, like they can definitely polish it up and make it amazing. I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, a lot to enjoy in this movie. Uh, how about you? You, you said you had it, uh, as sitting at number two currently. I have number two, and depending on the day, I might like my top three are Dark Knight, The Batman 2020, and probably Phantasm is number three off the top. Mask of the Phantasm is number three off the top of my head. I I think okay. I this I I came out of this and I I was stunned at and I'll, like I went to go see this movie three times in the theaters. Oh wow! And I went I went opening day myself. Uh, it was at a weird time, so the theater was mostly empty. It was like 10.30 on a Thursday. That's not really a good time for 9 to fivers to go see a, uh, a three-hour <laughs> yeah, flick. So, <laughs> Yeah, that was not really a good time for a th- for 9 to fivers to go see a three-hour flick. So that, um, that was not a good time. The second time I went to go see it, I took the wife there. We went at like a 4.30 showing right after she was done work. So again, kind of a half-full theater because that's a weird time for people to start uh, – yeah films and the third time i went it was at like a seven o'clock time on a, on a wednesday that theater was packed sweet spot <laughs> yeah that that was the sweet spot that so that that theater was that theater was packed how was yours because you went this week which is the third week that the movie's been out right so last night like almost literally 24 hours ago was my show mm-hmm. time uh 8 30 yesterday um and uh it was pretty light um i think there were maybe a dozen people in the theater mm-hmm so I don't know if it was again like, hey, it's a Tuesday night. This is going to wrap up around midnight. You know. Yeah, it's been but, out for a couple of weeks. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a yeah. 6:30 show too, and it was just not going to be a, a easy enough time for us to go to because I did go with the whole family. <laughs> yeah. So I I have seen this three times, and I I just. I mean, I, I love it. I, I thought it was so good. There, there were there were so many things. Like, when I went to take the wife, the wife walked out, and she immediately said, that's the best Batman movie I've ever seen in my life. And she she, she has it as number one. She's got it above the Dark Knight, which is not a hot take, I don't no, think. No, no, that's, that's a reasonable... Yeah. yeah, that is a take that some people have had, and I think if you're arguing that this is absolutely the best Batman we've ever seen in a movie, I, I think... I tend to agree, because her, her thing was... Because I would say my wife, my wife's case that she was making in the car ride home that we were driving was just like, 
he's just a better Batman than Christian Bale was. And now for me, the reason Dark Knight is ahead of uh, the Batman currently to me is is just that Heath Ledger performance as the Joker is just unassailable to me um, yeah. and might be forever and ever. Amen. But there, I don't think you, I, 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 you'd, you'd be hard pressed for me to say that this isn't the best bat version of the fucking Batman that we've ever seen in a cinematic movie. And I, I think it's, I think, you know, like a, it, uh, our generation and the generation a little bit below us will probably will argue Keaton in 1989, just the nostalgia of that, uh, is up there and right, yeah. fair, fair enough. Cause that's, that's, that's a, a fun and great portrayal and kind of one of the original, jobs of detective hiding in the shadows the batman but i mean this this version that robert pattinson kicked to us is so good i think it's the best cinematic bat suit that we've ever seen that we've ever had yes i i I, I think it's the best yeah enjoy it i was i was concerned based on some early shots that i saw but i didn't uh, in accordance to what you mentioned earlier um didn't want to uh, watch a lot of trailers for this, so I, I kind of, uh, you know, didn't see it emotional. A lot. I saw a few promotion pictures of, like, here he is standing in the rain wearing this suit, and I didn't necessarily get a great look at it. Uh, it really works on screen, for sure. Yeah, I think I think this is the best soundtrack that we've ever... With no disrespect to Hans Zimmer, I think this is the best Batman score that we've got since Danny Elfman in 1989. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is... The best, and I know that for some reason, I don't, I don't necessarily understand this, but uh, again, people from our generation, Kevin, have a weird fascination and liking with Batman Returns, and Batman Returns is the one movie that we have not done the commentary track to on this podcast. I swear to God, I'm going to do it one of these Christmases, because I want to do it as a Christmas episode, yeah. hopefully next year. But I, but I have so many problems with Batman 1989, but like... The, and like Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is is fun, and her portrayal is has has some great moments. But this is the this is Zoe Kravitz version, and we'll get to her. This Zoe Kravitz version of Selena Kyle is the is is bar none. And I liked uh, Anne Hathaway. I thought she had a lot of great moments yeah, in guess... The Dark Knight Rises. Um, I need to go back to that movie. Actually, it's been a while. <laughs> I think she had well, her best moment to me is. In, in, in that film as as Selena Kyle, and not to dip too far off this movie, but I'm going to be talking about the other Batman movies. This is going to be happening. Um, her best moment to me is the scene when she's in the bar, and the guys are storming the bar, and she's kicking the crap out of the one guy, flipping around the table, disarming his gun, taking it off to him, you know, right. taking it off, flipping around, and then the second the cops bust through the door, she drops, she, like, Anne Hathaway immediately drops to the floor and starts screaming like like a stereotypical victim, and it's just like, oh, God, help me, help me, help me, help me and is yeah, acting yeah. just, like, over-the-top hysterical, and I'm just and like just switches it that quickly, and the second she's out, she's like she like dusts herself off and keeps walking. And I'm just like, fuck, that is absolutely Selena Kyle, right? Like that's just her, just pl- just playing idiot men, like just <laughs> just playing them like a fiddle, right? And then they didn't go that direction with this version of Selena Kyle, but uh, we're no, but they definitely called attention to the male gaze. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't. I don't want to be crass, but when Zoe Kravitz first came on the screen, oh yeah, when I went in the, I could, f- I could feel the movie theater that I was in when I was in the packed house when she first showed up on the screen. Inhale. <laughs> I could feel the theater get moist. 
You know, <laughs> like I could, I could feel the theater. It, 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 like I'm sorry. Like there's no other way to put it. Like she is a phenomenal looking woman, and that's just from the Neanderthal part of my brain. But fuck, she was a tremendous in this movie. And I was watching. Uh, they just put Fury Road back on uh, Netflix. I don't know if you noticed yeah, that. So, so I dipped back into Fury Road, and I was like, oh yeah, Zoe Kravitz was in this. She was one of the girls, and she's awesome in that movie too. Fuck, Fury Road's a great film. I, I think this is the best cinematic version of Selena Kyle and Catwoman that we've ever got. Not, and I and I don't think it's particularly close. No disrespect to the people who love Michelle Pfeiffer in the 1999. Well, I think that Pfeiffer is uh, always Michelle Pfeiffer. By the way, she's Michelle definitely Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Iconic. <laughs> yeah, she's great. But this is the best version of of Catwoman we've ever seen. Easily, this is again. I don't understand our our generation's fascination and weird this i guess it's just nostalgia it's got to be just nostalgia but but the the danny devito penguin where his version of the penguin is like a mutant sexual offender in that film who like he's a sewer monster who's also a rapist who like makes dick comments and gropes women and says like poontang and pussy in a a pg-13 batman movie yeah and people are like yeah that guy should run for mayor (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was great to see a movie yeah, it was just oh man, like that. I I've never. I, every time I watch that movie, I'm like, God, I can't believe people from our generation just love wow. that film. It's, I, it's I so it weird to me. This this version of Oswald Cobblepot from Colin Farrell is absolutely tremendous. I I, th- I, I kind of wish he had a little bit more to do, but I oh uh, no, because I thought it was because that was one of the things I was worried about going in was they had three. Batman. They they had three. We we knew into this that they were doing three Batmans. We knew the Rid- or villains. We knew the the Riddler, the Catwoman, and um, the Penguin were all going to be in this movie. So that was one of the pauses for concern we I had going into this. Right, is because we're talking about okay, it's like we're getting started here, and you're oversaturating your bad guys yeah, right off yeah. the hop. Especially because this is like year two Batman. <laughs> and then I honestly, when this movie started, I did not have because I'd been avoiding anything on this film. And I had no fucking clue that John Turturro not only was in this movie, but was no, playing fucking Carmine Falcone. Yeah, that was a fun surprise. Yeah, like, did you know that going in? Because I oh, had, I... And I had yeah. to look at it afterwards, because I'm like, uh, like, the first scene that uh, he's in is, like, through the um, Zoe Kravitz uh, contact lenses, and I'm like... Great oh, fucking scene. Yeah, great fucking... And he's doing his... John, and he's kind of doing his, like, Kanish voice from Rounders, too, in yep, this film, yep. right? Like, which which was great. He he was excellent, and, and like, well, everybody was excellent. It's a well-acted well, he was, film. He was a breakout, because, like, they certainly mm-hmm. weren't advertising that as a, uh, a character. Like, that didn't... I mean, again, I didn't see a lot of trailers or anything, but, you know, it didn't seem to go going in that Carmine Falcone was going to be a huge concern. No, and then he was like the major player in this film. It, it, so it's weird because they did four major Batman villains in, in one flick, and yeah. they didn't screw it up. It, it's it's so... And I think gave us our best cinematic versions of all three of those those characters because i mean i know and like god help me i love that i love that over the top jim carrey riddler performance where he's just channeling gershon in the 66 batman that has that like that has a special place in my heart and i somehow the most 90s and most 60s version of that character exactly right and and uh not the best riddler of all time though and i think i think that probably goes to paul Dano in this film who uh despite hamming it up a little bit in the one scene was great 
I, I think, yeah, it's just, it, to me, the best bat suit, and uh, to, to spin back to what I was talking about a few minutes ago, when, when, like, my wife's big argument that she had when we were coming out was just this, like, to her it came down to The Dark Knight's a great film, The Batman is a great film, who mm-hmm. what, what film's got the better Batman? And this movie unequivocally has the better Batman in it. And it, it's got a better... It's got Robert Pattinson playing a better version of Batman, who's always in the fucking suit, by the way. Like, this yep. is a three-hour Batman movie. You get two and a half hours of Batman. This is not Batman Returns where... Or, or this is not Batman Returns where Batman doesn't show up until the half-hour mark of the movie. This is not The Dark Knight Rises where it's like, oh, Batman doesn't show up to... Uh, uh, Batman doesn't show up until like the the middle of the second act, right? When you're just yeah, standing yeah. there and you're like, "When's he gonna put the fucking suit on?" <laughs> in, in Dark Knight, <laughs> in Dark Knight Rises, right? And like, and like, he is the fu- and and when he's not the Batman in this movie, he's sitting around like he's like, "I can't wait to get be the Batman." Because there's a scene early, Kev, where I um where Andy Circus is talking to him. Andy Circus is Alfred. Uh, goes, you know, oh, the Wayne, like, he's in the Batcave, and he's trying to, like, figure out the Riddler's, like, code so he can find out what he's going to do next. And then he goes, oh, the Wayne shareholders are here or something, or, like, the Wayne com- uh, Enterprise accountants are here. And he's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And I, and in my head, I'm thinking, oh, great, now we got to see Batman. we gotta, we got to have a scene where... Uh, Robert Pattinson is, is you know, sitting Which at a boardroom table. <laughs> oh, yeah, or or is... Or it's just like he's going to be sitting at his at his dining room table, and guy two guys in suits that nobody gives a fuck about are going to be saying, "You got to go back to you got to start showing up at Wayne Enterprises because we're you know our stocks are down and stuff, and you got to start taking care of this." And it's like nobody wants to see that. They mention it, and then in the next scene, the two of them are just back in the like they do a time wipe, and the two of them are just back down in the Batcave, figuring trying to figure out the Riddler's cipher. And I'm sitting there going like. Yes. Yeah, oh, yes, that's much better, <laughs> right? No, yeah, mention it, but don't show it because nobody wants to see Bruce Wayne taking boardroom meetings, uh, which, you know, is probably some of the worst parts of the Nolan trilogy, despite the fact you get to see uh, that gives you a little bit more Morgan Freeman in, yeah. in a lot of those scenes, which is always welcome. But unequivocally, the worst sure. parts of the Nolan trilogy are the, hey, you got to go pretend to be Bruce Wayne for a little bit. And this movie does it a little bit, but when he does it he's like i want like i gotta get back to the mission like it's all about the mission for me right and and just there's there's, there's a couple good lines that explain exactly what you need to know which Mm -hmm. is basically like when he's like oh the the you know the people are here for the shareholder meeting etc etc and he's like well why and he's like because you wouldn't go to them yeah right yeah and (laughs) and then but then they don't show the meeting which is the most important part of that film because it's like we we got a three-hour movie here we don't want to see batman taking meetings in a three-hour movie and not being batman right cuts from that scene where he's explaining that this meeting is going to happen to the scene presumably after the meeting where he comes across alfred in like that uh kitchen area and alfred's Mm -hmm. already sort of half half solved the uh cypher pattinson looked yeah pattinson looked great he was great in this film i know people uh some people are bumping into that he was a little too broody as bruce wayne um what, yeah. uh, what, what was your takes on that? Did you think he was? Did you think he was too broody? I thought it was. I. Because I, I'll say I was fine with it. I. I didn't. 
I, I was fine with it because they're trying to portray this as a early on, um, mm-hmm. you know, year two Batman. Like we're supposed to believe that he's maybe like thirty years old or something like that, and so 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 dedicated to the mission that you know, yeah, um, he's you know not being Bruce Wayne at all. He's a Batman one hundred percent of the time. They say like you know this is the real you. The mask is Bruce Wayne. You know, in that classic uh, line that we always love to hear. Um, which is great. Um, you know, I don't love the, the haircut, but you know, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was maybe the I'm one sure thing I bumped into, but I mean, he looked dope when he would take the thing off. And it, I think, I think the reason they went with that is because the two scenes where he like took the mask off in the bat cave when he's watching the videos or whatever, or doing whatever they want. I think they wanted it to be way more matted and stuff like that, which that made it yeah. look cool. But when he's going around, there's his... scenes where he like takes it off and it's like, first of all, a, uh, you know, we talked about the bat suit several times now already, but that cowl is just, you know, chef's kiss. Yeah. Oh, so good. And like people were bumping into the net. Show the transition a lot where it'd be like, you know, he's Bruce Wayne in this scene, he's Batman in this scene, but like there's a scene where it actually shows him like take it off and you can see like, oh, it's like, you know, leather and it's kind of dinged up in a few places and like the stitching Mm -hmm. is like coming loose in a few places. Like this is a mask that has seen some use because he's probably worn it, you know, 16 hours a day for the last two years. Um and uh, and then he takes it off, and his you know long hair is you know normally super you know my chemical romance looking, but then when he takes it off, and it's you know clear that he's been out fighting crime all night, it's all like sticking up and matted and weird looking because it's just been clumped up. It's like helmet mm-hmm. hair, and like yeah. that's like yeah okay, that's the payoff of having that haircut. Yes, that worked for me. <laughs> yeah. It, uh... it, it, it staunchly gives you this sort of, you know, the, you know, deep theme that they were going for, which they, they didn't explore a ton. They did mostly with Andy Serkis's character, which is, you know, hey, you're super obsessive. Like, you need to take some time to be yourself. You need to take some time to grieve and, and you know, go through, like, the normal, you know, have a normal life here and there. <laughs> the... So a few people bumped into I because I will say the the only thing I bumped into in this movie because I thought I was pretty much flawless other than um I mean let's talk about kind of what uh, what we didn't like first because I have a feeling that'll be a lot shorter and and yeah we we mentioned uh, people uh, some people were bumping into that he was a little bit too emo which I, I can see that uh, in the Bruce Wayne but I I was fine with it because I thought it was I thought it was just so good to see him play a Bruce Wayne where he's just like I got to get back to the mission I'm going to be Bruce Wayne as as like little as I can and he had the great moment because like the 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 door of the the door thing uh, the door gag for lack of a better term at uh, the iceberg lounge uh, I thought was so good where it was just like he, you know, because he knocks. Because this was decidedly not Batman. Oh. I don't, I don't think. But I, I didn't bump into it like some of the hardcore Batman fans did. Like when he knocked on the door as Batman the first time, trying to get into the Iceberg Lounge. Yeah. And I'm like, this is. I'm like, the reason I bumped it, I didn't bump into it as much as some because people are like, Batman wouldn't do that. He'd sneak in there and then grab the Penguin by his ankles and hoist him up, right? And I'm like. Yeah, but let's remember this is year two, and also Matt Reeves did it so he could get this thing where Batman keeps going back to the door, and the first time he goes there is Batman, and he has trouble getting in, and he has to fight his way through, and then he goes back there just as Bruce Wayne, and they let him waltz right in just because he's Bruce Wayne, right? He didn't have to fight or do anything, and then the third time he goes in, he goes as both Bruce and Batman, and it's the best parts of both those things where he sneaks in as Batman, but then uses the Bruce Wayne persona so that he doesn't draw attention to himself either. So it, it was, it's an evolution of character throughout yeah. the movie. So that's why I didn't bump into that as, as, as 
much as a lot of people. But that was, that was sort of a, a like light motif of this movie as well is like at the beginning. Um, I, I, I struggle to come up with a specific example. I haven't seen this movie three times, but um, like you can tell that he's learning as he goes. Mm. And he's not coming into it being like, you know, hey, I've been Batman for 10 years already and I know what, how to handle certain types of criminals and certain types of situations. And like the door gag is a, a great example of that where he, he tries one extreme and it kind of doesn't work out for him super easily. I mean, he still knocks those twins out like it's nothing and gets into the yeah. club. And every time they open the door throughout the movie, they're a slightly more beat up than the time before. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Like it's the closest thing that this movie had to humor, which I will get back to. But mm-hmm. um, I thought there was tons. I thought there were a ton. Like Thumb Drive, obviously, was the big one, and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, it was always couched in something grotesque. But it's like, okay, it's cute. Sure. Why? I well, because you know, you're right. Because you bring up a good point. That was some of the things that people were. Some of the people on the internet had had some problems with the fact that they were like, oh, man, it's too broody and there's not enough fun. And I'm like, I disagree completely. There were jokes. Now, they didn't go. Batman's not quipping. He's not yeah, quipping. It's, it's, he's Batman. He's and, not Iron Man, you know. Yeah, he's, and if you want to quip, you've got your – if you want quips and one-liners, you've got an entire near catalog of 30 movies, uh, of nearly 30 movies, and then a bunch of like – and then, like, I don't know – 50 hours worth of Netflix shows that are now on Disney plus, right? Like that, that you can go through if you want your quips, but like this movie's not devoid of humor. It has the thumb drive joke, which was uh, grotesque, but hilarious. It has uh, pretty much everything uh, Oswald Cobblepot said or did in this film. And including, yeah, when he, yeah, but they captured him after that ridiculous uh, car chase. That was so. I don't know. I think people <sighs> apparently bumped off that, but I thought that was really cool. That car. I, well, that car chase was. That is the best cinematic car chase we've got as Batman. It yeah, is not even fucking movie. close. We've never had. And okay, well, let's just get into it right now. Uh, where do you have this ranked as uh, on your cinematic uh, Batmobiles? Um. Ooh, that's a tough one. I hadn't thought of that. Um. Because I, I got it number two, because I can't, I can't go past the Anton first Batmobile from 1989. So, uh, much like I said, uh-huh. how I said, that, much like how I said, uh, Pattinson's Batsuit uh, edges out, uh, slightly edges out uh, Keaton's from 1989. I'm going to go the other way. But this might be my, like, man, is was did they do a good fucking job? And apparently they built that car from the ground up uh, in real life. But the way they pr- portrayed and shot the Batmobile in this where, and they, cause I was reading the articles and they said, we wanted the Batmobile to feel like Christine where it's like the car's alive and, and, yeah. and, and, and they fucking pull like when he revs it up and it makes that like noise and the car like looks and sounds like a fucking demon. I was like, holy shit, this is going to be a great scene. And then the car chase was great. And the way the they're doing it. Entirely from the penguin's point of view. Per, so it does feel like he's being haunted by it. Exactly. And when they cut back now, there's a cut. You get a couple shots where you can see the, uh, where you can see Robert Pattinson, you know, turning the wheel and stuff. But for the most part, it's, it's, uh, um, uh, friggin', uh, uh, oh God, it's, uh, Colin Farrell looking back as uh, as Oswald Cobblepot, and when he looks back, you like the bat just blends in with the car, so it just looks like this living car is chasing him in in in. in... Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, that, so that, fucking that good. Cool. And especially because they're like causing all this mayhem to try to get away from him, and he's like can't even. He can't. He can't keep his eyes on the road because he's constantly looking out for this <laughs> relentless pursuer. It, 
Yeah. Oh God. That was so, yeah. When he fired that up, I, I, I honestly like, that was when I got moist. I was like, oh, no, this is going to be good. And then it was. That's that was. That's going to be the scene that I go back and watch on YouTube over and over again. Yeah, that'll be the. Yeah, that'll probably be the first one you go to, right? Like, it's just, God, that was that was so good. The, yeah, I, I think this easily one of the best. Like, it easily beat out the Tumblr for me in terms of cinematic uh, uh, Batmobiles and whatnot. It just, to me, it's between that and the Anton first. And if someone said this is my all-time favorite, I I could not begrudge you Anton one Adam, iota. Man. Yeah, it, it, was, it was so good. Um, my least favorite part of this movie, and in a three-and-a-half-hour, or sorry, in a three-hour, uh, just under three-hour movie, you maybe could have cut this sequence – I'm not sure if it was necessary. To me, it, it was unequivocally the worst part of this film. The Joker tease, Kev. It, it, the, 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 the Joker tease in Arkham Asylum. Unnecessary. Didn't need it. Don't even know who that was playing it. It, it was weird because it was like, it, it was looked like... Barry, uh, oh, Cohen guy. I forget how you pronounce his name. He was the dude who was uh, Druig in Eternals. Oh, was it now? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's a good actor. Druid sucks, but like, uh, and I don't, and I, and I don't mean that as a, a joke because the character actually said that in the movie. That character sucked. Uh, <laughs> well, God, Eternals was a bad film. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. I don't want the Joker in this version of Gotham City that Matt Reeves has created. I don't want it. I, I, I don't want... Unless they're going to do it, it... Here's how I would do it. And I'm not the brilliant man that just made a... That, mm-hmm. you know, just took part in, in a... The making of a near billion dollar Batman movie. So, who the fuck am I? But here's how I would play it. Um, if you must have a Joker in this thing, because we feel like we have to do that, uh, play it like Hannibal Lecter, where he's always in... In Arkham, and then Batman That's goes to. S- kind of how I thought that they were uh, gonna do the Penguin in this movie. Mm, that he was be sort of it's like uh, you know he's a mob boss of some kind and needs to provide information uh, rather than act as a villain in his own right. Um, that's that's kind of how I thought they were going to do it. I'm not that I'm upset or anything like that, but uh, that that's kind of what I expected given some of the shots that we were seeing of them. Because there's there's plenty of times in this movie, and certainly at the very beginning, like the first time that he goes to the uh, iceberg lounge, where he's just having a conversation with the penguin. Right? There's no, hey, I've kicked your ass a hundred times before, and I'm going to do it a hundred times more. There's no, I'll get you someday, penguin. Once there's enough evidence, there's none of that. And yeah. So I thought it might just be like he's this sort of shady guy. There's not enough, like he's slippery enough that there's not enough evidence on him to bring him in. And there's sort of almost this um, professional courtesy that he and the Batman have for each other. Um, so I, I could definitely see that happening. Like the 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 feed the the, um, the sort of theming of the the universe, the sort the the vibe that they're putting out, I should say. Um, definitely sets itself up for some sort of a like Hannibal Lecter type um, uh, role for a Joker character if they feel like they need to do that. Um, so so yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Who who would you want to see as the villain in a uh, in a sequel? Because I got it down uh, to two in my head. One which they teased in this movie a little bit. Okay, that's interesting. Um, 
I'd be curious to know who that is. I thought it would be cool if they um, they would have to almost do like a shot for shot remake <laughs> to do it the way that I'm picturing it. But I think uh, doing like a Heart of Ice, Mr. Freeze would be interesting. That's not bad. Uh, perhaps a little too. To to uh, I'd be that fine might be if they did. A little if, bit too cartoony. Yeah. If if they did Heart of Ice, I would be. I would. I tell you, if Matt Reeves has said, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do Heart of Ice and I'm gonna redeem uh, the Freeze character off of uh, much like yeah. Nolan did with Bane a little bit in." Uh, yeah. yeah. If he's like, I'm gonna. Re- I would tr- based on what I've seen here, I would trust him and I would trust that. Um. That, I guess, is what I mean, yes, is that, like, I, because I know that, that they can do that as a more serious storyline because there is a character with some built-in tragedy there, um, I think that it would be, you know, it might not fit into the uh, sort of boots-on-the-ground, uh, down-to-earth uh, vibe that they've got going so far, but um, I like that <laughs> I like that story, and I'd like to see them try it. Mm-hmm. They, they teased enough in this with the old... Uh, with with the old families of Gotham talking about the Waynes and and the and the and the and the way yeah the Waynes and the Arkhams and stuff and and Martha like Martha Wayne in this being born Martha Arkham that's new and that was fun right yep. that was yep. that was a lot of fun when they said I that actually, I was like yeah, oh I was about that because I was like how much of that is like canon because I've never heard of that before <laughs> no that's as far as I as far as I know no Martha Wayne has never been like one of the old money fan because like the old money in the comics there's like five old money families of Gotham there's the Cobblepots the Arkhams the Waynes and then two others are current I think like the Falcons are one of them and then uh, there's a, another one whose name I'm is currently escaping my head but um yeah, Martha Wayne. As far as I can, as far as I remember, and I'm a pretty staunch Batman guy, but I don't think they've ever said that Martha Wayne's ever been connected. It's always just been Batman's uh, mom. But this one saying that she was uh, Mar- uh, that she was Martha Arkham first, and you know she had some demons before. I'm like, oh, that's fun storytelling. I thought because I I never uh, <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah. Um, but based on the fact that they've done the old money stuff in in this. I mean, the Court of Owls just slide so perfectly into oh, that's true. into this, right? Like, the, the Court of Owls slide oh. in so perfectly into this universe. Um, and they teased Hush. They teased Hush. Teased in, that's the one I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and which, was the, which is the only time in this movie that I, I made my fangasm noise where it was like, because yep. like, like, they flashed the name uh, Edward Elliott, and I was like, ooh. And then they literally... Yeah, and then he was given hush money, and they literally flashed the word hush on the thing, and I went, oh! <laughs> like, I, literally, I was like, oh! <laughs> like, I literally made that noise in the movie theater yeah, the first time I, I saw that. Yeah. I was like, oh! Oh! <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, they, so they teased hush, and they teased, and, like, like, so hush and court of owls are, like, one, two for me. Uh, if they wanted to do, if they played, I guess if they did the Joker, I would want them to play it, like, uh, like they did in, in Mask of the Phantasm, where you don't know it's the Joker until yeah. like the third like the third act of the movie, right? Where he where yeah, because there's that cool moment in the Mask of the Phantasm where, where Batman's like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Wait, and then he draws like the Joker's like smile on the guy, and he goes, "Fuck!" Right? You know, like it was him all along, right? And and he um, uh, yeah, yeah, he's anyway. The that's old movies. So let's talk about this one. I, I the. 
the plot in this one, just watching him be, because the biggest complaint you and I have had about Batman flicks in the past is that you don't get a lot of time. Because um, I would say, like, because there's so many different versions of Batman. That's why it's a great, like, there's there's the, there's the um, Adam West used to refer to himself as the Bright Knight instead of the Dark Knight. And, you know, the Bright Knight, you get that 60s, like, boom, pow stuff with him and Robin fighting yeah, kooky. Everything con- has got, like, six letters of puns on it. <laughs> yeah, the puns and the gimmicky stuff and, and the, the, the death traps and stuff. And that's all fun. But then, you, you know, you get to, like... The Dark Knight Returns, where you get serious, brooding detective Batman, which personally is my favorite Batman, but I love all the Batmans. And then you know, there's the the 1989, or the, sorry, there's there's like the animated Batman, where he's he's a bit more kid friendly and stuff. Well, so he's not as brooding, but he's still you know like the the mission never ends sort of guy. And it's like I, yeah. I and they do enough to differentiate him from Superman, but detective and you know and then there's ninja batman where he's just whooping ass all the time and stuff like that people that's some people's favorite batman i detective batman has always been my favorite batman like and this one was very much modeled after the long halloween it like they took it they took enough out of the long halloween of this one especially with like catwoman being uh carmine falcone's illegitimate daughter and stuff like that which when she said that that was the closest thing to my when she went he's my father i was like oh like that was my second like favorite that was probably my second fangasm because i was just like (laughs) oh they're doing that that's so good that is so good that scene is the best acting scene uh in that movie i think is is when uh the three of them are on the rooftop with the with the dude she caught and she's beating him up and she wants to kill him and he and he's grabbing the the gun yeah the dirty cop and she's got the you know finger click back and she's gonna get it and then he rips the gun from her and he's like you know no killing and then she tries to convince him to do it and then says no i'm going for my revenge and then kicks him off the thing and batman's like she escapes while batman's saving the bad guy right i'm like holy fuck is that not those two characters doing their thing like that was fucking that was so good very well characterized because yeah like you know, the Catwoman is brought into the movie basically by being like loosely related to the main plot by virtue of this friend that she has that goes missing mm-hmm. because of involvement in it. Lover, I um, think. I think they very much went uh, went so far yeah. as to say because that she that they were lovers. Like this is bisexual. This is comic book by accurate bisexual Catwoman. Which, yeah, great, fantastic yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, so so she gets brought into it on that virtue, and it's very clear right from the beginning where it's like, okay, well, you know, I am a thief. Um, this is why I'm tentatively on the same side as you, uh, Batman, and I'll help you out a little bit, but, like, this is my number one goal, and as soon as you don't line up with that goal anymore, I'm fucking out. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> and, and, and play that to a T for the whole movie, basically, until basically the, the final act. Yeah, because I mean, I there's... thought that that was super cool, and it came to a head in that scene that you're talking about, where it's like, okay, well, I told you from the beginning that I was out for this reason, and this is the asshole that made it all happen, and I'm gonna fucking kill him, <laughs> and I've made yeah. no qualms about that, and you thought that I was joking or not serious or whatever, but I'm just as serious as you are. <laughs> yeah, and, but I mean, and, just like that was a super tense scene. The the ultimate scenes that like like every scene that those two had it was the perfect encapsulation of those two characters like when they when they first meet in the the mayor who's been killed when they go back to try to get some evidence 
and the two of them yeah. are fighting and it's like, you know, it's it's not so subtle that as they're fighting it looks like they're having sex and stuff yeah, like I that, know. right? Like slamming but each like sla- yeah, slamming each other on tables and whatnot and then when the guy comes in he grabs her and he's like, you know, shh, shh, you know, and he and, and it's just that's those two fucking characters. And then you mentioned the scene when she is the contacts and she's walking in and he's and he's doing the thing. That's one of the best Batman being detective scenes in in movies we've ever had. Just the scene of them talking in her apartment when she's like, uh, you know, saying like, "I've got a thing for strays" and staring at him, and and you know, she grabs <laughs> she grabs the milk out of the fridge and drinks yep. it, which is uh, which was Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah, big Michelle Pfeiffer, but like. Not as Tim Burtony, yeah. <laughs> like as cartoony, where she's just spilling it all over herself and stuff. And it's yeah, just I'm like, wearing a white tracksuit, there's milk spilling all over her, like someone's getting out to this. Yeah, it's not great, but like that—that was—that was just great scene. And then like when she goes to kill Carmine Falcone, and he's like grabbing the gun, which again. Finally, we've got a Batman who is just like definitively this guy does not kill. He does not now. Uh, Bale's Batman. I want to say Nolan and Bale's Batman never went for the kill, but he definitely had the the thing where he's like, "I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to it's, save you either." And I'm like, "That's not my Batman," <laughs> you know. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like, that's that's not what my Batman would say." But I'm like, I guess it's kind of a gray area there. You can kind of get away with it, but that that was that was my least favorite part of Batman Returns. I think was the "I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you either." I'm like, that's not that's not that's not my Batman. Uh, but this guy just like saving saving the bad guy while like Catwoman knowing that like I can kick this guy off the thing because he'll save him and then that'll give me time to escape while he's saving this guy who by all rights should it probably deserves death and then when she's got the gun to his head and he's not he could physically overpower her but is like no she has to make this decision on her own and i'm gonna talk her out of killing him because it's the right thing to do and then she gives yeah, up the I'm gun and super villain here <laughs> yeah and bat takes the gun and then immediately turns it so it's not pointing at anybody or being held in any sort of fashion where it could go off. And I'm like, that's my fucking Batman right there when he, when, when yeah. he does that. And I'm just yeah, oh. there's a scene early on too, where he like, uh, when he's breaking into the club the first time as Batman and someone like pulls a shotgun on him and he disarms them with it. And then basically uses the butt of it to like pistol whip like five more dudes. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how Batman really uses a gun is <laughs> he turns yeah, it over and clocks you over that. It's still a lethal weapon in his hands but not <laughs> exactly right yeah he's just a monster yeah just god like easily like the best batman we've ever just detective batman and let's get into talking a little bit about the riddler stuff here because we, we we haven't really given the riddler his due um it's easy to gush about this movie <laughs> yeah it's oh god it was so good the paul dano as the riddler Really, really good. Obviously, he didn't get to take the mask off until the big interrogation scene, which some of the best stuff in that. He hams it up a little bit in that scene. Right. Hams it up a little. Hams it up a little bit. But that's his scene, and so I don't. That's his scene in the first scene where he doesn't have that weird uh, mask that he that weird gimp mask that he was wearing the entire film uh, on. Yeah, they, so they kind of explained it in canon, like in text. <laughs> yeah. He, Go like the message board with all the on other, the dark uh, web or yeah on the dark yeah when he's on the dark web or whatever with the with his uh, <laughs> yeah exactly that's basically what it was and, and Matt Reeves that's exactly what it was <laughs> well the, here's the thing Matt Reeves had shot all that before the uh, uh, events of 
that particular day in January, I, I believe it was. It just seems so perfect. <laughs> yeah, which is why he did the thing where he was like, oh, which is why I think they delayed this film, because he was like, it was one of the other reasons that this movie uh, delayed is because Matt Reeves was sitting on it going, oh, damn it. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, ooh, hot cha cha. <laughs> yeah, this is, this, uh, ooh, a little too close, a little too close. Right? So that, that, that was one of the. Because like it, this movie had been delayed like three or four times. Uh, what one for production thing, two twice because of COVID, and then the fourth time was uh, we found out now that we never really got an explanation as to why it was delayed the fourth time. Uh, we now know because uh, the the because yeah. um, this movie has the fourth act thing that uh, Dark Knight uh, Dark Knight did, where it's like okay, we have the three acts, but then we have this fourth act that is also a lot of fun, but uh, is. Maybe a little unnecessary, but also, but still so good. Cause like the fourth, the fourth act, which is like the, like the Riddler's captured. They have the great scene in Arkham where he's talking to him behind the glass. That's their, their version of the interrogation uh, room scene between the Joker and him, oh, yeah. and the, except it's the Riddler and him, which is, that's the best scene in dark Knight, And it's not even close. Oh, yeah, and see. yeah. And, um, the uh, th- this is their version of that, and like I said, Dino hams it up a little bit, but this was the one scene what he gets learns? where he's like, "I don't have my mask on, so I'm fucking going for it." <laughs> and I don't, I don't, bl- yeah, I don't blame him one iota for that. Uh, and he he was great. The riddles were f- the riddles were fun. I didn't have any, I didn't have any like they they seemed to make sense. They lined up. They weren't. Uh, they ultimately didn't lead to like. Mr. E. Nigma, which was the the worst part of the uh, the, the riddles in, the, in the, the Batman Forever movie, and uh, I did like that they they did it the way that they used to do the riddles on um, like the animated series, where like the mm-hmm. first for you are like you know someone guesses at it, but they get it wrong, even if that person is supposed to be someone credible. Um, like, uh, I'm, I'm remembering situations where like, uh, Robin is guessing at a riddle and gets it wrong and Batman's like, no, it's this. And not that yeah. your thinking was incorrect, but your thinking isn't three dimensional enough for someone like the Riddler. Exactly. Um, but, yeah. But, but then later on you get to the point where it's like, okay, well now the riddle is this and there's a multitude of answers. Like they talk about bringing a rat into the light. And it's worded like where it's like partly in Spanish, and if you're not understanding all the context correctly, it's like okay, well, does he mean me as the Batman? Does he mean the Penguin? Does he mean um, Carmine uh, Falcone? Right, like the Falcon. They, eventually, yeah. they realize oh, he meant Falcone the whole time, but like that was like their fourth guess. <laughs> yeah, and which is that cool because it just shows that the Riddler is operating on this level that. Like, even someone who's intelligent as the Batman isn't necessarily picking up on right away, and it makes it yeah. incredible. Yeah, it just... Because yeah. if, you make, if you make, like, the Riddler as, uh, you know, smarter... Uh, sorry, if you make Batman as smart as the Riddler from the uh, get-go, then there's no point to the Riddler, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's that's the whole thing, is 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 that he can't... Yeah, he's he's got to be like he's still the Batman. He's going to figure out eventually, and you have no detective story if he's just better than the Riddler right off the hop, right? Story exactly, and so and to to present this person as a credible threat. So when then you can have that fourth uh, act reveal that you're talking about, where it's like you know 
for as smart as you are, like, they're having that interrogation scene at Arkham Asylum, and he's like, oh, I thought you were smarter than this. I'm honestly disappointed. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. And then it went to the shootout in the stadium. Um, And then the the shootout in the stadium, which I thought was so good. And this might have been the biggest thing that a lot of people bumped into. Uh, where some of the heart, some of the scene because I couldn't hold a washroom trip back anymore. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you missed. Well, just the the stadium just, scene. Yeah. This the stadium scene. I, I I really liked, and Batman got to do a lot of this. Is this is where they they cut it loose with? Okay, this is where we're gonna uh, make the the fighting look like the video games, right? Where Batman's pop, which it was easily the best part of the um the Snyder Batman, right? When when. Snyder's Batman goes to the warehouse and just starts beating the shit out of those punks. You're like, yeah, this yep. is ba- this is the Batman I know and love, right? You're like just yeah, hiding, totally it, hiding, and yeah, hide, coming in, you know, zipping in and out of the shadows to beat the crap out of out of just out of terrible criminals, right? And punks. and he's doing, yeah, he's lousy punks. Uh, but but yeah, he just the he coming in and out of of the smoke and stuff and doing that and and. Uh, doing the thing where ultimately he's like, holy shit, that stadium is going, like that scoreboard is going, because it's basically got, like they literally called it Gotham Square Garden, I think. Yeah. And uh, in, even though I'm pretty sure most of this movie was shot in Chicago, I think, uh, they clearly modeled the stadium after Madison Square Garden. I, I'm fairly certain they actually literally called it Gotham Square Garden. So it was definitely given off New York vibes, which I'm fine with. And it, it was like when the scoreboard is going to fall on people and then he cuts it and while well, he has to, but when he cuts it, it electrocutes him a little bit and then he falls into the water and then, you know, the stadium starts filling with water and he grabs the flare and reaches out to help people. And initially everybody is like afraid of him a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's my Batman. Everybody's kind of afraid of him. But then the kid reaches out to grab it. And then all of a sudden it's the Batman leading people out of the dark into the light. Some people bumped into that. I thought it was fantastic. I, and especially that over that cinematic over that cinematic overhead shot that they had of the red light with him leading the crowd of people out of the uh, thing was so great. And I'm like, yeah, this is the thing. Like they, they don't, haven't quite gotten the movie specifically in the Nolan movies because at the end of the uh, of the Dark Knight, they literally turn Batman into the pariah to the point where he's got can- canonically in that in those movies he's got to go hide and not be Batman for eight years, which is just yeah. emphatically not Batman, right? Where he's just like, yeah, I'm gonna take eight years off from being the Batman, right? It's like, no, Batman would never do that. The mission's never over, right? So the he doesn't the stop being Batman. He does the whole point, right? He doesn't stop being Batman for eight years. So that was to me the worst part of the Nolan trilogies, but you know, not enough that it made those movies like catastrophically bad or anything. Um, but the, the thing about that they got right about Batman vis-a-vis his relationship to the city in this movie is that it's the criminals who are afraid of Batman. When when a regular person goes up and sees the bat signal in the sky, they're like, oh, cool, I might get to see the Batman tonight. That would be really cool and, and a fun yep. story to tell people, right? If I got to see the Batman, you know. I don't have know, to worry because st- I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> exactly, right? But, which is they got right in the, in the first point of the movie, and I'll be honest, I got a little nervous, Kevin, when they opened the movie with the narration, uh, I got I got a little nervous where I was like, oh, fuck, we got a three-hour movie and we're doing narration. But they didn't do it the whole flick. They basically did it for the first ten minutes and then the last kind of two minutes, right? And I was and I, cause yeah, to the point where... Yeah, little interstitial parts where you had like two or three sentences about, you know... <laughs> 
Yeah, but it was it. Yeah, but he's talking about the mission. But it, uh, I thought it was going to be him doing that the entire time, and I thought they were going for like, okay, we're we're going super Dark Knight Returns here, which I'm like, okay, maybe that'll be all right. But no, they did it just enough that I was like, okay, this isn't a thing to the point where when he started talking again after like at the in the closing segments of the movie that I was like, oh yeah, he, they opened the movie with that. But like the opening sequence of the movie is fucking glorious, and like when oh, yeah, when the, was, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, cause, yeah, when the bat signal goes up, like, to me, like, the best part of that was when the bat signal goes, like, there's the one guy who's, like, spray painting crap on the bank, and he looks up, and a police helicopter, like, puts a spotlight on him, and mm-hmm. the guy, like, kind of, you know, gives it to the police helicopter, like, he's not afraid of the cops, and then the police helicopter moves, and he sees the bat signal, and he goes, fuck, and then drops the, like, well, and, and drops the can, and, you know, because he's, like, he's afraid of... The, the friggin' bat symbol, because he's like, shit, the Batman might, like, like I'm not afraid of the cops, but if the Batman gets me, that sucks. And that's the thing is, they got his relationship to the city right at the end of this movie. Um, not necessarily the line where he goes, you know, I can be the light in the darkness or something like that, because that's not really Batman, but I'm, I was fine with it, because I'm like, this the, the relationship he has to the city is that the criminals are afraid of him, and the regular people are not, and the regular people buy Batman merch and kind of, like emulate him not to the like i'm not wearing hockey pads uh level (laughs) but but like the the city like gotham loves the batman is the thing right it's not like i'm sure they're you know the the squares who want to bring him in and be like he's a vigilante and stuff but for the most part the city loves him and when the bat signal goes up like i said people are more like hey i might get to see the batman tonight and it's the criminals who should be afraid right which they absolutely got right in this film yes Mm mm-hmm Yep, I thought that was fantastic. It was a great opening for that reason. Um, yeah, and a great closing. Yeah, it was great. it was a perfect bookend. I thought. Yeah, it was, it was an absolutely perfect bookend. The did you know that that was a patching trowel or whatever that was for putting no. up carpets? That that I thing was like I. It was, and the fact that they're just like, oh, it's a murder weapon. I thought it was like a shoehorn or something. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what the hell. I didn't know what the hell that was either. And then the fact that the one guy pointed it out to him uh, was was great. The one guy who who that guy I don't know his name, but he had a great arc too, where it was like, you know, Batman is walking around the crime scene. And he's like, hey, buddy, you know, you're not a cop, not and then here, you're not supposed to be here. And then he has a great moment too when Bruce Wayne shows up at the funeral and he's there and he fanboys out. And he's like, hey, it's Bruce Wayne, you guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, you know, he helps Batman basically solve the murder by or solve the the, the Riddler by telling him what that item was because he'd never seen it before, and. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's a piece of, like, carpeting. And the way that 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 thing was in the opening scene of the movie and then was the crux of the thing, I'm like, that's the fucking Riddler, right? Where it's like that thing that we... Oh, yeah, that wasn't just a coincidence. No, that wasn't a coincidence. That murder weapon he used three hours ago in the movie was very much on purpose. And, and, and like, the way they set him up where he, he was... He didn't go full Saw, but he did, like, some Saw-like stuff in the movie was... That that was good because that that was basically how I wanted Riddler to kind of be where it's like or that was how I saw like I think that's how most of us saw how the best version of a, cin- a cinematic realistic type of Riddler would be which would be like he's part Saw without it being cartoony yeah. and murder porn like the actual Saw movies right Yep uh, yes <laughs> definitely so yeah just oh. What a great fucking film. Jeffrey Wright is James Gordon. 
tremendous in this film. Where do you have him on your all-time uh, Commissioner Gordon's? Is he above? I, well, actually, a better question for that to me is: Is he above or below? Uh, um, holy God, why can't I remember Gary his name? Oldman. <laughs> Gary Oldman. Thank you very much for picking up what I'm putting down there, Kev. Uh, is is he above or below Gary Oldman for you? Um, I think below Gary Oldman, and not okay. for any fault of his own. I thought he was great, and just a little too whispery for me to be honest um I, I very much enjoyed the relationship that he had with uh with batman um because it felt very much like that year two where it's like the rest of the cops don't trust him and this guy's basically he's bought in because he's um he's seen something and and, and obviously they have some sort of relationship past and i kind of hope that they get into that a bit more if and when they do a sequel yeah, um, I uh, no go ahead. A lot of what happened in that in uh, like a lot of the way that that character was sort of used in this film is that um, he was there to sort of uh, be the liaison to the police as he often is, uh, but obviously none of the other police were buying into it, um, and I would kind of like to understand why he had bought into it. Um, we never kind of got that explanation, and you know, not that we needed to be the movie to be about that. Uh, but I kind of hope that in a future movie he plays a bigger role and uh, we get more of an explanation as to why there's this implicit trust there. Yeah, I, I th- fair enough. I think you're right because we're not doing an origin story in this, which tremendous. Like I can't be said can't can't be said enough. They did not do Thomas and Martha Wayne getting shot in the alleyway and the pearls falling and whatnot. They 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 didn't touch on any of that. Didn't need it. Didn't need didn't need it. Didn't want it. Don't need to see it ever again. They've done it. Uh, like we literally had in the in the first year of this podcast, I believe, we literally did like a two part pod where we broke down every Batman getting parents getting killed in the alleyway scene. Um, go back and check those out if you're a Batman fanboy, because I think those I think that's some good podcasting, quite frankly, if I can pat myself on the back. Um one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> but this, uh, I'll, I'll just say I got Jeffrey Wright above Gary Oldman. I got I got him above. I just I think that okay. this is is I think this is very slightly, ever so slightly above Gary Oldman. I love Gary Oldman's. Uh, I thought he was great too. Uh, Pat Hingles is obviously is not a good Commissioner Gordon because he's the Commissioner Gordon who's like waiting for Batman to show up so he doesn't have to do his job anymore, <laughs> which is <laughs> like a weird way to play it. Uh, but. I, I thought Jeffrey was so good. He's involved in this one. The, yep. the way they keep meeting at the bat signal and stuff like that is is so good. Um, I yeah, the, the way he actually like helps them solve solve the crimes and stuff. His best moment was when he helps them escape the when the cops have the Batman in the uh, in lockup in the GCPD. Yeah. Yep. And then he helps him escape. Was it? And he goes, "Well, you like, they're like." He he says to him, "Like, they're never going to trust you again." And he's like, "Sure, they will, because you punched me in the face or something like that." He says, "Right." <laughs> yeah, and that was the other. That was the other line when he goes, "You could have pulled your punch." And he goes, "I did." <laughs> you know, that was that was one of the other uh, like moments of levity. That this movie has moments of levity. Anybody who says so is says it doesn't. Okay. I think is they're they're trying I'm too hard a little bit. I'm saying that you know uh, this is a Batman who. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned this a hundred times before, but I like a Batman that can crack a smile or possibly even a joke once in a while. And uh, fair, but like we might have gotten half of a smile in this movie. Yeah, but I I do like that. That is the quippiest that Batman got, which is honestly that's how 
exactly how quippy Batman should be as him being like, you could have pulled your punches and then being like, I did. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, uh, that man just, Oh, this is a good movie. Um, I don't think we got enough of, uh, Andy circus as Alfred Pennyworth to, uh, <laughs> necessarily rank him, but he was great too. Right. He's, he's, he, he was excellent. in This film can't wait to get a little bit more of him. Um, God, I just any any. Do you have anything else you want to say off the top of your head? It's just like like the 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 Zodiac Killer slash Saw version of the Riddler was great. Zoe, like everybody is like I can't say enough about the acting in this film. It's fucking tremendous. Like like Zoe Kravitz is is. Well, there was there was some really clever stuff as far as fucking incredible. Uh, the detective work that was involved. One of my favorite uh, bits of detective work is when Alfred and. Uh, uh, bats are breaking the first cipher and they realize they don't have enough information to do it and realize that there must be a meta code. Um, mm-hmm. and so they, they basically like project the cipher on the, the bat computer and, uh, determine that like, Oh, here are the, here's the slots that we did figure out and they spell out the word drive and, you know, we didn't have enough to solve the whole thing, but that's kind of the point. We figured out yeah, enough. Gets us to the next set. That. Yeah. This takes us to the garage. Um, it sets up the thumb drive joke because the thumb missing was something that was set up earlier. Like there's just like that all came together in a way that was very satisfying to me. Yeah. Um, and outside of the thumb drive joke itself, like the fact that it's like, okay, you use drive as like a code that they had to break to get to the garage where the car was a car that you drive. And also there was a, a, a USB key with a thumb attached to it. Like, yes, good. This is all very, um, satisfying to me as a mystery that you have solved. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to describe this exactly, Kevin. I don't know. Maybe there's a word in German for this, but <laughs> I for for the to describe the feeling that I I felt. But the, the the best I can do to articulate it is, I I felt the exact opposite. Like when the bring him into the light moment happened. Yeah, I felt whatever the exact opposite was of why did you say that name <laughs> right? like, whatever whatever the exact opposite of why did you say that name was in that moment in the bring out of the light whatever, whatever the exact opposite of that was that's what i felt right like, like i don't know if there's a word for that but that's how i felt in that moment where it's like okay that's so much better way to solve it in the third act right like that was a lot better that's that's much better film that's much better story storytelling and filmmaking right like oh man oh god what a great fucking movie and so it just yeah like we're talking uh, from from me i think i think I, I i have this two behind the dark night because i can't i just can't get past that that thing I, I i said it's my number two batmobile of all time only so slightly my bat my favorite Batman suit of all time in and it's particularly not even close because I'll be honest I I well tactically I think that the uh, the Nolan Batman uh, suit is okay it's just too pointy like he's got a lot of like weird pointy elements going on it's not this is the fuck, that's are so, a... so iconic looking and and the, the... yeah. The logo on the chest being made of like you know gun metal that he could open up and pull gadgets out of like that I thought was super cool. Yeah, and he and he actually used it like in this movie like yeah. he he used it to cut the thing that saved people. Yeah, he used it, it to cut battering. like yeah yeah he like used it as a battering right like he used it to cut I think like when he was sneaking into the thing he used it to cut the police tape right when he was doing yeah. Detective Batman going back being like they missed something you know right like it, God it, it's just 
it's uh, it's an incredibly shot movie. It's 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 a little bit dark uh, in terms of uh, actual lighting in the film, like li- like literally dark. Uh, although it to be quiet too. Yeah. Um, a way that I kind of. I didn't have any problems with that. I'm wondering if that was the theater you were in because I I didn't have any. Too because I haven't found it to be an issue with most movies. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I I don't know, and then because there was a lot of like you know everyone's talking in hushed tones, like I really could have used Mm -hmm. some subtitles. Like I kind of wish this was available for streaming to watch at home for that reason. Well, Um, you won't have to wait long apparently because you you won't have to wait long because apparently it's going to be on HBO Max like next month. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it for that reason. Because like, I, I want to watch it again because I very much enjoyed it. And I want to watch it again because I feel like there's dialogue that I missed. Um, and, you know, that's a little disappointing. But there it is. Yeah. It, it's I, just, I do think that might have been the theater. The the ending of the movie was so good, too. The way they, like... Um, and we should say that they, they played the Nirvana's Something in the Way to bookend this movie as well, right? And that's a great song. And although it was weird to hear real lyrics in a Batman film, that was the first time I think that that's ever happened. Oh, actually, that's not true. What the hell am I talking about? Prince had a whole goddamn soundtrack in 1989. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, although Prince Prince made those songs without actually having seen the movie or knowing anything about Batman, I think they were just like, you do you Prince, except, and then he was like, the, and I think somewhere along the line, someone told him, hey, there's not enough Batman in these songs, Prince. And then he's like, I'll give you the most fucking Batman song you ever need with the goddamn bat dance, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, I'm an unapologetic fan of the bat dance. So, like, I'm never gonna, yeah, I love that song. And, um, but, like, uh, the, the end scene with him and Zoe Kravitz when she's like, come with me to Bloodhaven, which, you know, woo, Bloodhaven. Uh, woo, yeah, when drop. she's like, yeah, love a name, love a good name drop. When she said, come with me to Bloodhaven, and he, you can see him thinking about it, and then they both look up and the bat signal's up there, and she goes, oh, you're already spoken for, knowing that the city is his first love and stuff like that. And then when they get on the bikes and she goes left and he goes right, I'm like, that's fucking Batman and Catwoman right there with him being like, <laughs> yeah, like him sitting there thinking like, I could go with her, man. I could do it and I might be happy. But then like the, the bat thing goes up and he's like, ah, who am I kidding? The mission's never over, right? And then she recognizes it like instantly and it's just, man, that they, I, they, they fucking got it right, man. Like they fucking got it right in this I, film. I, 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 <laughs> I truly believe, yeah, this is the best cinematic version of Batman for me, period. Just, just a great fucking movie. And I mean, a little long, a little long. I will say that a little long. Probably did it need to be three hours? But I don't know what you cut, honestly. I, other I was, than I was the, just gonna say, uh, like, other I mean, than the Joker, other than the stupid Joker yeah, thing that was unnecessary. <laughs> but yeah, but that saves you what three minutes tops. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know what you cut in this movie. Maybe you could have tightened up a couple of scenes here and there, but I'm not so sure. But yeah, because uh, all the scenes that felt like they went long are like they they felt deliberately so. Yeah, like, like it felt slow and methodical, which is what you want out of a detective story. <laughs> yeah, because they, yeah, it's to keep it in that noir fashion, right? Twists maybe added to the time, but I mean, like those were cool twists. <laughs> I don't know that I would. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, I, I don't exactly know what you cut, but I'm just like God in that fucking car chase, which we which we were talking about. Like, holy God, was that ever good? It's just a just a great movie, just an absolutely great movie. Oh, is there anything you want to? talk about uh i think we've covered it honestly 
Well, I guess the last thing I want to say... I'm sure this is going to be a movie that we're we're going to talk about over and over again for the next 10 years, you know? Yeah, (laughs) probably. So the last question we have to say before we get out of here, we got to get your answer to this. Uh, Robert Pattinson, cinematic Batman slash Bruce Wayne, where you got him? Where I got him? uh, I think he's my top, honestly. Um, Mm. Maybe not my favorite Bruce Wayne, but he was Bruce Wayne for like 10% of this movie, and he was an excellent, excellent, excellent Batman. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think I think you're right. I think I think he I think he's minor some... issues I might have with this movie could be fixed in a sequel easily. And I am mm. very much forward to that sequel. They could put it out tomorrow. Yeah, I I think I think I'm right there with you. I think he's I think he's the best cinematic version of Batman we've ever seen. And he didn't do anything stupid like because again to mention what my wife said earlier, the 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 thing between her and him is like she uh, the 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 Christian Bale bat voice obviously is is uh, yeah that's that's some consternation amongst amongst the fans of of those series right is I think you're either on board or you're not for for his version of the voice and this one it's just he just drops a few octaves and puts a little bit of a whisper into it for for uh, for Pattinson which. I thought was a great choice. Well, what I and... like is because one of the themes was that he has no distinction between who he is and being mm-hmm. the Batman, right? So the fact that he wasn't putting on a voice really at all is yeah. just like, and like you know, his voice was almost exactly the same as when he was Bruce Wayne. It's because they there's no there's no divide there. He's Batman one hundred percent of the time, even when he's not wearing mm-hmm. ass. True. Yeah, but when he was in the suit, he definitely did a little bit more like. Yeah, he definitely did a little bit more like. Uh... I just I take it down a little bit here when I was in the bad suit, you know, it's not too not over the top, not too bad, but I just I take it down a little bit here when Never I when we were in the cow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not quite like yeah, he didn't go full Will Arnett, right? But he definitely was like I just I take it a little bit down here when I'm the Batman, that's it. Uh which was fine. I just God yeah, damn yeah, what a fine. good movie. Yeah, I mean, I went to go see it three times. It was it was a damn good movie. It's just if I didn't like it, I never would have went to go. I never would have forked over and um, not just the money, but the three hours of my time, right, to go yeah, back a, to go back a third time. God, that was good. Um, Must recommend. Yeah, absolute. Must recommend. Uh, like a like a nine and a half out of ten for me. Uh, yep, right around nine and a half is what I was gonna say. Yeah. So, like, like I said, that, there are some minor things that, like you know, I stylistically would like to see maybe a little bit different. Um, that I think will, you know, the you always polish things up in the sequel a little bit. So you know, if this one was right on, even if this one mm-hmm. is tied with Dark Knight, what's the sequel gonna be? Like, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Could it? Could it be? Yeah. Because that's the thing is we're getting better where it's like. Because a lot of the times in these trilogies, the second movie tends to be the best one because you don't have to waste. And a lot of that can, can be contributed to the fact that you can let your guy be the hero from the beginning of yeah, the second one. Absolutely. Like that's tr- that's true with Star Wars, uh, where Empire is the best film. That's true with uh, Captain America, right? Because Cap- Captain America, the Winter Soldier, oh, yeah. I think is yep. is so good. Even though I really dig the uh, I, I really dig uh, the first Avenger, uh, Winter Soldier is so just. Yeah, Winter Soldier's so good. Dark Knight, same thing. The second one is the best. Uh, weirdly, the Thor movies bucked the trend of that, where the first one's pretty good, the second one's hor- horrific, and then the third one's like, wow, what a great film that was, right? <laughs> like, uh, but again, those that movie's not a trilogy, is the thing. Like, the thing about the Captain America movies is they're not tri- they're not a trilogy because you need to watch 
Because, like, one of the big yeah, things that... Uh, in between. <laughs> yeah, like, the Mar- one of the things the Marvel stands will say, the Marvel stands will... Uh, cause, like, one of the big arguments uh, that Marvel stands uh, like to have uh, is Captain America is better than Batman, which I'm like, okay, if that's fine if that's your take. I don't agree with you, but whatever. I'm not going to yuck your yum on that one. But then <laughs> one of the things they'll say is, well, you know, Bat... Well, you know... Captain America's trilogy is better than the Nolan trilogy. And I'm like, the Captain America trilogy is not a fucking trilogy. You need to watch 13 other movies in order to understand, <laughs> in order to understand what's going on in, in Captain America civil war, just because they put his name at the title. Didn't mean that like, if you just watched those three movies, you would understand the first two, but then the third one, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Who are these people? Like, like, oh, I need to watch 10 other movies to know who these people are and understand their motivations for why they're all fighting each other in this flick. Like, why is Robert Downey Jr. all of a sudden telling Captain America what the hell to do? <laughs> right? Like, uh, the it, it just, yeah, like, to call those a trilogy is, is absolutely false. But they're still great fucking movies. Um yeah, this movie's definitely getting a sequel. Nine out of ten for me. God, like easily on the Mount Rushmore of Batman films has a chance to be in the in the the all time number one. I think this. I think this one's gonna age even better for me. It, it might age better than Dark Knight. I just don't know if I can ever knock Dark Knight off the uh, off the pedestal because of that Heath Ledger performance and and the fact that he pretty much for for it's it's so upsetting to think about but the man fucking gave his life for that performance right like he 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 truly gave his life for that performance in in it's awful and it's upsetting to think about it and the world is worse off for heath nudge or not being with us anymore not or and specifically never being able to return to that character but oh Man, did he was he ever great? <laughs> was he ever great in the Dark Knight? Holy God, I'm gonna go watch the Dark Knight right now. As soon as we miss out, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go watch the Dark Knight. Actually, that's not true. I think that's not true. I think the Avalanche are playing. I'm probably gonna go do that. Um, is there anything else that you uh, want to talk about or mention before we get out of here? Uh, the only thing I wanted to mention is uh, what do we got coming up next? Um. As far oh, as Kevin, I think the next time you and me come together on this one, it's gonna be for Morbius. Morbius, Jesus, I forgot about that. <laughs> Do you know that I saw a trailer for Morbius uh, when we went to see? Um, God, what was it? Uh, it had to be Spider Man, probably, right? So was that? it before? Was it before Spider-Man? Had to be before so, No so, Way yes, Home, right? We, we did see a trailer for Morbius before Spider-Man, but, uh, oh, I remember what it was now. Me and the family went to go see uh, Uncharted. Oh, uh, how was that? Quick, quick uh, five-minute review, or quick two-second review. Um, it, Non-spoilery, because I haven't seen it. Uh, I've never played an Uncharted game. Uh, I played the first one, and that's it, so I would have I some idea what's going on. It's a pretty uh, faithful adaptation. There, are, It's funny. It's, it's a fun movie to watch with the family. Um, the final act is fucking buck wild um, okay so if you're in for a fun movie uh, i i can't necessarily recommend seeing it in theater because i don't know that i would pay to see it again but, would you but say it, uh, it is would you say it is the best uh cinematic adaptation of a video game uh that's a fucking long conversation <laughs> i would it's say also that. a low it's long conversation low bar <laughs> it <laughs> to is, go with sure. that long um, uh, I, I I will often tell people that uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier is my favorite uh, Metal Gear Solid movie. Um, yeah, but... that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but yeah. uh, it, it's it's a it's a fun movie. I would definitely recommend checking it out on streaming when it comes there. Um, you know, have a beer. Don't take it too seriously. Have a lot of fun. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's a fun movie for sure. But anyway, we saw a Morbius trailer before it, and the trailer was the same one that came out before Spider Man, uh, and proclaimed like coming in January, and I'm like, it's mid March. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I forgot this movie's coming out, and also it didn't come out three months ago. <laughs> yeah, well, they also I'm sure you saw the the, the thing because they they put they never uh, removed it of any of the three times that I went to go see it, but uh, they had the DC thing. That was, uh, oh, it yeah. was like coming in 2023. The, yeah, it was the Black Adam Flash and Aquaman 2, and they delayed, or it was coming 2022. All three of those were supposed to come out later this year, and all three of them got delayed till, yeah, nope, all three of them got delayed till next year. Uh, that, that was, uh, that was something else. Um, Yep. Yeah, and there was that. I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm, I, I am uh, very interested to see uh, Pierce Brosnan as Fate. <laughs> yeah, as Doctor Fate. Yeah, and and oh, what's his face look good in the fucking Hawkman suit too, right? Oh, oh that that. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, the yep. yeah, I think I think the next time we're together, I think it's Morbius, and then after that, uh, probably Moon Knight. If we want to do Moon, we'll have the option to do Moon Knight. Actually, I think Moon Knight comes out. Moon Knight comes out like next week, I think. Um, but obviously we're not going to do moon Knight till it's all out or whatever. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so I'm pretty sure the next time it's going to be Morbius and then we got moon Knight, and then we got Dr. Strange. And then, uh, not long after Dr. Strange, it'll be Thor love and thunder. So we got, we got a lot to take care of. Um, yeah. And as far as, uh, it's going to be out soon too. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I haven't watched the trailer for that. I, I oh, almost I got suckered in. <laughs> So you watched it? No, I've avoided it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I'm, I've, I've said I'm out, and I'm trying to stick to that. I almost watched it because I was like, oh, the Miss Marvel trailer's out. I better check that out. And then I was like, wait, no, don't do it, Matt. <laughs> like, because I, I briefly forgot my, uh, I briefly forgot my own rule there for a second. So yeah, I, I I'm attempting to stay out on the, uh, on the, the, the Miss Marvel trailer. But the, the buzz off the trailer was good. So. Uh, yep. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, but yeah, the next time it's, it, it's you and me. I believe it will be Morbius. And uh, as for that, should be it for this week. Next week is probably going to be another two for pod uh, because Craig and I are going to do our Major League Baseball because baseball is right around the corner. Uh, Kev, the uh, Blue Jays, who got a hell of a team this year, are are going to be uh, are, are going to be uh, playing uh, starting up uh, next uh, two weeks from now or like it's like 10 days from now or 14 days from now it's it's super close so craig and i are going to be doing that and uh i think late so we'll be doing that early next week and then later next week it's wrestlemania time baby because wrestlemania is uh next saturday so uh, i'll have mac and the guys on to uh discuss all of the doings that will be a transpiring uh for wrestlemania so uh That'll be it for the Batman review. Crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossover. Is it even facebook.com now or is it meta? Like, should I, should I, should I no longer be saying facebook.com or beyond the metaverse now, even though the, the actual metaverse is just the internet, but what are, that's not, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, crossover podcast, uh, also on iTunes, please rate and subscribe five stars only. Uh, please leave us a review. Uh, we're also on Google play, Spotify and Stitcher leaves review on any of those. We're on pretty much any podcatcher. You can use the download podcasts. Uh, yeah. So feel free to leave us a review on any of those. And as always, you do not have to, 
to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. So that'll be it for this one. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.